Welcome back to the College Football Breakdown. I'm Zachary Haynes. It's so glad for you guys to be here with us today. It is November 29th, 2021. It was the last week of the regular season for college football. Rivalry week, and it did not disappoint. Trust me, we got so many games. Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, and Michigan, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and of course, we have the one and only Grant Bagwell back in the house with us today. Grant, say hello to the fans out there. How's it going? Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, like Zach said, what a rivalry weekend. One of the best we've had in a while, right? Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. And I was, I was loving watching the games while eating leftovers for Thanksgiving. Like nice turkey sandwiches. Absolutely. That the, started during the Egg Bowl, just yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Lane Kiffin. I'm surprised he didn't say get your turkey ready during Thanksgiving instead of popcorn. It, it was kind of a shocker. I think he needs to stop with the food comments. Maybe he was thinking, you know, we don't want to repeat of the last <laughs> time I brought up food. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and Ole Miss has already had their tr- struggles in the Egg Bowl. Yeah. I remember a couple years ago when Elijah Moore, like, did the the dog celebration, the peeing dog celebration. Marked his territory in the yeah. end zone. Yeah, that was not, that was not <laughs> a good idea. That, that was funny. I, I love that. All right, let's get to the first game, shall we? Because we got a lot to talk about. Number two, Ohio State goes down to number five, Michigan, 42-27, to 27, snowing, Big Ten weather. It was a beautiful sight. Top performers, Michigan, Hassan Haskins, 28 carries, 169, and five touchdowns. He had a ridiculous game. Uh, the other Michigan running back, the tandem they have, Blake Corum, six carries, 87 yards, so he had a tremendous game as well, even though no touchdowns and not many carries. Ohio State, those receivers in C.J. Stroud, 34 for 49, 30, 394 yards and two touchdowns. Jackson Smith and Jigma, 11 receptions, 127. Garrett Wilson, 10 receptions, 119 and one touchdown. And also, uh, Chris Olave didn't have a bad game as well, so he played pretty well. Game-changing stats. A lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. Michigan had 297 yards rushing, and Ohio State had 64. And I, I, I've, I've been hearing a lot around circles, man, Michigan absolutely dominated the rushing yards category. And they did. But ultimately, I don't think that's what really decided the game. I honestly would think what I think decided the game, Ohio State had 10 penalties. Michigan had two. Now, the penalties only added up to 66 yards for Ohio State. But I think the main reason is there, Michigan was the more disciplined team and the more physical team the entire game They they were when they were playing. Jim Harbaugh had them prepared. They had a game plan, game plan set out and they executed it. They were disciplined. They did not commit penalties. Um, even when Penn State was getting, not Penn State, Ohio State was getting into their face Uh, There was like one time where they got his helmet, some guy got his helmet ripped off in the end zone and he walked away. He didn't worry about it. Um, Key takeaways. Now let's get into this. Grant, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh did it. What did we say a a couple podcasts ago about Jim Harbaugh after he lost to Michigan State? He needed to beat Ohio State. Yep. He needed to beat Ohio State. And what did he do? Beat him. Proved everybody wrong 11 and 1. What's your thoughts on that? It was an impressive year. I think now the key, you know, moving forward is don't be Michigan and lose to Iowa on Saturday. You know, keep the momentum going. Don't let this be a letdown game. Um, and, and you know, one game at obviously, you know, coaches are going to say take it one game at a time. We're not looking past this week. We're you know we're zero and zero going into this week. And I get it. We're trying to be one and zero after today. 
But at the end of the day, us as you know, non-members of the Michigan football team are looking at this going, all you got to do is win against an inferior team and you're in the playoff. There's no reason Michigan should lose on Saturday. They Absolutely should not. be in the playoff. So, um, And Iowa, I, Iowa feeds off turnovers. If Michigan can just hold on to the ball, Iowa's not going to be able to move the ball. That's what they fed off in the first five games of the year. People were turning the ball over left and right, and Iowa was blowing teams out. Yeah. I remember the Maryland game when Maryland turned the ball over like six times in the first half. And I was up like 35-3 to three on them in the first half. And I was like, oh, I was so good. But they just feed off of turnovers, man. Yep. They really do. Don't turn the ball over on Saturday if you're Michigan. Th- this is another thing of, of Jim Harbaugh's legacy at Michigan. What is he, 1-5 or 1-6 now? 1-5. 1-5. Against Ohio State? Yep. Yeah, 1-5. Yeah, because last year they... They, they didn't play. Yeah. He's 1-5 and... Five and Obviously, there was that, that year two that he had where they went to overtime, and it was a close game. A lot of people thought a lot of people thought Michigan won that game, but ultimately, Jim Harbaugh he's been nine and three, he's been ten and two. He's had those great years. He's had good years, not great, good years, but he can never get over the hump. My my thing is is it's, they're eleven and one now. If they're able to beat Iowa and they're able to get into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they can win it. I'm just saying they can perform well in the college football playoff. Where is that putting Michigan now as a program? Are, are, are they getting up to that elite tier that we could see? Georgia's gotten there. Bama's up there. Oklahoma was flirting, but we're going to get to Oklahoma. I don't think they're going to be flirting anymore. I don't think they quite got there, though. I think they were right on the verge, but yeah. they couldn't win a playoff game. Yeah, so. they, they were in the talking stage, like we would say. They were in yeah. the talking stage. Yeah. Um, I think Notre Dame was in the talking stage, but I don't know if they're going to get anywhere past the talking Notre stage. Notre Dame has they, money. They were <laughs> they, they got friend-zoned. That's, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. And then, other than Georgia and Alabama... Ohio State's been there. Oh, and Ohio State, yeah. Other other than those three programs, I really haven't noticed any other program getting up to that elite status. I mean, Clemson was there too, but Clemson, I mean, this year definitely an off year. Yeah, they've, they've kind of... They've they've kind of lost that touch, yeah. um, but other than that, with the three programs this year, and of course Clemson, even though they had a down year, it's is Michigan getting up to that point now, Grant? I would say, like in in comparison to the other teams you just mentioned, I think they're getting to Oklahoma's level where Oklahoma was. Um, eh. I think if I think if the playoff was tomorrow. If everything turns out next Saturday, if if the playoff, you know, if everything turns out Saturday like it's gonna, like we think it's going to, I'd say Michigan probably has a really good shot at being the two seed, um, and meaning more likely they would, um, more than likely I would say they're probably playing Cincinnati at that point in the playoff, and assuming Cincinnati wins and they're the three seed, you know. If they win that game, then yeah, I would say that they have to be at least in the conversation because essentially at that point you've done, you know, up as much as Georgia had done before this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Georgia was was an elite program before the start of this season. They, so I think they have had, to be in the conversation. They've had some sustained success. Besides yeah. last year with the COVID, every everything was just a mess but last that, year. Last year doesn't count. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it, unless you're talking to an Alabama fan, they probably think it counts. But yeah. I mean, it, the, for the most part, yeah, they they haven't had 
a year where they they haven't had that regression year where they were seven and five. Mm-hmm. So um, they've they've always been in that you know ten and two range. Or this year, I think. Well, one year they were. Were they? Were they at Ohio State? Both were. I think twenty sixteen. They, they were both were, undefeated, and they were eleven and zero. Yeah, yep. And got and then they lost. They got. They barely got beat. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that that the year they or the the terrible call that was like. I don't know. Yeah, it was there close, was. There, so. I think that was the year before. I think they were. One, they had one loss. Okay. I think it was a year after is when they were undefeated. And Ohio State went in and they beat them. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and regardless, I mean, they've been, they were still there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's just the next step. Um, and like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, when there's the fire, you know, there's people that are saying fire Jim Harbaugh if he doesn't beat if he doesn't beat Ohio State. It's like who are you gonna go get that's better? Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh's not a bad coach. Michigan in this day and age, anywhere in the Big Ten, it's just harder to recruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could make the argument. Even at Ohio State, it's a little more difficult. Um, it's just hard to get those South Florida kids to want to go play in the weather that we watched that game in on Saturday. Um, given that, though, Harbaugh's doing as good as you can expect. Yep. Um, so I think that for sure the Michigan program, Jim Harbaugh's got them in a great place right now. Um, do I think they're going to win a national championship? That remains to be seen. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, but I think they should be in the playoff for they, sure. They got a big red team in their way. What's that team? Uh, I I don't know, Grant. What team is that? I, I have no idea who that team is, Grant. <laughs> Never heard of them before in my life. Uh, Georgia. <clears throat> I don't know where they came from. Uh, another another thing that I want to get to is Ohio State. Let it be said. It's pro- probably come out of a lot of people's mouths. Let it be said of this year that is this is this is disappointment. Oh, 100%. If, if you're an Ohio State fan, not only do you have C.J. Stroud throwing for 3,500 yards, close to 4,000. Yeah. You have Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave, the three, three of the best wide receivers in the nation. I would say one, two, maybe, maybe... Top, all right, top five because Jared Bell for Purdue's up, David Bell for Purdue's yeah. up there as well. Well, and you could even throw okay, if, even if you're going to say Jameson, Will, uh, Jameson, oh Jameson Williams, Jameson Alabama, Williams, Alabama, but he was at Ohio State last year, yeah. so it's almost so like yeah. it's, it's ridiculous what they have there. And you have all these guys that are thousand yard receivers, and you have freshman Travion Henderson who's a thousand yard rusher as well. You have all this offensive talent, and you got stifled offensively against Oregon and against Michigan and that's why you lost the game if anything if anything the reason that you should lose those two games should be because they outscored you and your defense couldn't stop them it shouldn't be because your offense is struggling yeah and they as much as you may think like they had over 400 yards 400 yards total yards but if you watch the game they were struggling at some points to move the ball against this Michigan team well, and I think, too, with your key takeaway, your game-changing stat about the penalties, okay, to draw a comparison, the only team that I think that that at the skill positions, meaning I'm talking wide receiver, running back, yeah. quarterback combo, not even only tight ends. Only one to keep up with Georgia. Yeah. Well, th- yeah, but I would say offensively at those, at those three positions, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback – to the same extent, the closest comparison to Ohio State on the same level is is in Tuscaloosa. Now, having said that, I would say 
that if you watched both games on Saturday, the common theme was both teams, both offenses, continuously shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Oh, it was oh, ridiculous. It was. Both teams. The difference, I think, being Alabama played a weaker opponent. Um, now, although rivalry weekend, I don't even know that you can say that Auburn's a weaker opponent because it's the Iron Bowl. It, it, they're going to mm, give you the best be shot. Close. And Auburn's always going to be good on the defensive line. But having said that, if you watch the difference, Alabama was able to squeak it out. I think Ohio State, I agree. They have all of this talent, but talent, you still, Michigan played disciplined. Michigan mm-hmm. does not have the same talent that Ohio State does. And they executed. They just played sound, disciplined football. And they ran it down their throats. They had 297 on the ground. Yeah. Like, I, I understand the game-changing stats. I said the penalties were the game-changing stat because it proved who was a more disciplined team. And obviously, that's going to that's gonna get it done. But let's not take away. Ohio State had 64 yards rushing to Michigan's 297. And yeah. this isn't the first time Oregon ran it down their throats yeah. at Columbus. And Michigan did the same thing. It's almost as if the, the, te- the, the, the formula to beat Ohio State is pretty simple. Nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. Line it, line up, play old school smash mouth football. You know what's coming. It's like the old it's like watching a Wisconsin Iowa game when both teams are lining up in the I formation and you mm. know what's coming. It's either gonna be it's gonna be run, run, play action boot. It's a very simple offense to play. It's three yards in a cloud of dust, unless you can't stop it, mm-hmm. and then you end up giving two hundred and nine you give up three hundred yards on the ground. So and, and the other thing with Michigan is that I encourage all everybody's going to listen to this, and and maybe even for you, Grant. Go back and watch the Oregon game, Oregon versus Ohio State, and Oregon ran the same play Michigan was running. They ran this outside zone to the right or to the left side, and in the Oregon game, Ohio State could not stop it. The Michigan game, I believe they had two touchdowns on it, and they were decent touchdowns. They were like 20 to 30-yard touchdowns, and they were running it, and they were scoring the same thing happened with Oregon. The same thing happened to Ohio State. I'm not saying this is not. I'm not saying fire defensive coordinator. I'm saying that you have to go back to the drawing board as Ohio State, and you have to look at that and you say, "Hey, what is wrong with the scheme here? What, what's going up with our with our not development, but our our overall game plan for when we're going into games? Because Michigan, I guarantee you, saw that in the Oregon game, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we can use this. We have good enough running backs to do this on, on Ohio State." They have Hassan Haskins. They have Blake Corum. They have two of the best run, two of the one of the best running back combos in the nation, and they used it per, to perfection yeah. against Ohio State. Now, yeah. Third takeaway: Michigan versus Iowa. We talked a little bit about this. Michigan now has that playoff opportunity, but again, they have to win. They have to win, and Iowa is not no. Iowa is not. They're sluggish on offense. They're gonna they play can, defense, but though. they can play defense with the best of them. They will their defense will keep them in games. My thing is Michigan. You cannot come out. You cannot be sluggish. You have to come out like you played against Ohio State. You got to come out. You got to you got to dominate the line of scrimmage. You have to dominate. You have to dominate discipline because I was one of the more disciplined teams in football as well. So both of those things, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup in the line of scrimmage in the trenches on who's gonna win this game. All right, let's move to the next game. Alabama versus Auburn. Number three, Bama versus Iron Auburn. Bowl. 24-22 in overtime. Four quadruple overtime, by the way. Top performers, Alabama's Bryce Young, 25 for 51. Not his best game. 317, two touchdowns, one interception. John Mechie, 13 receptions, 150. 
Auburn Tank Bigsby, this is a crazy stat for me. 29 carries for 63 yards. You tell me he carried the ball 29 times and he only got 63 yards. Testament to Alabama defense. And I remember multiple times seeing Will Anderson come out of that backfield and tackle him. Will Anderson's a beast. All right, game changing stats. <clears throat> now, Grant, uh, I, I want you to go away from the paper. Is this the Alabama? Yeah, I, I want you to go away okay. from the paper. All right, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna name up. this this whole thing. Alabama was eight of twenty two on third down. They had eleven penalties for one twenty nine. They had seventy one yards rushing. They were one for four on fourth down. They had seven straight punts to start the game. Jamison Williams missed the entire second half. And Brian Robinson got hurt. And yet, they still won the game. If you look in that key takeaway, Grant, I know a lot of people are saying, this Alabama team looked terrible. Those are casuals. I'm going to tell it, those are casuals. Bama looked bad, yes. But if you look at Nick Saban's reaction after the game, and how happy he was and how elated he was, it's the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl is going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy win. And again, Saban's had demons in those games. But I think it shows the toughness of this Alabama team, even though they played one of the worst games of the year, and they may not be as dominant as they were in your past, they were able to find a way to win. And I think that's a mark of a great team. I agree. And I would say I am... I'm slow to say Alabama's great this year. They're they're really good. Yeah. Alabama's never going to not be really good. I think the people that are saying, yes, like you said, Alabama looked awful. Uh, it They looked, uh, there was not Alabama. It was like they 11 put, penalties is not Alabama. No, that, that was not, it didn't even look like, they looked like they were just, they put a their rugby team out there they in football they uniforms. Didn't, they didn't score to the fourth quarter. No, and so... What I would say, what I would say is, if you're gonna play the game, I agree with what you're saying. Emotions are running high, because I think it's, I think it, it is, I think it's probably the best known rivalry in college football. Um, yep, that in Michigan, yeah. And, State. and and as far as national championship implications, this one's had more than any other rivalry in the last 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I would say. If you're gonna play the game of this, you know this game proves that Alabama is is not they're not their normal self. Yeah. They're gonna they're not you know they're gonna get killed in the SEC championship game. I think blah, that's blah, a blah, dangerous blah. thought too for all you Georgia fans. That's a dangerous thought. Do not let me, let me put do an, not look let me over put Bama. An, let me put an asterisk by that. It's fine for the fans to think that as long as the football <laughs> team doesn't think that. Yeah, um, but then then you're putting yourself in a place to get hurt, Grant. Okay, look, you know I, how that I'm goes. I'm from Atlanta. It's, it's <laughs> I'm used to it. It's not. It's I'm numb. Okay, and we, yeah, we're, and we're not gonna get blown out. But yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that's a possibility? Yes, but that's not. That's not the point that I'm making here. Do I think it's a possibility that we kill Alabama? That Georgia kills Alabama? Yes. However, that's possibility. That's 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 not like my point here is. I think you need to go back to other games if you're going to play the game of Alabama. This game proves Alabama isn't the normal Alabama. I think looking at the Arkansas game is evidence of that. Yep. I think looking at um, LSU, the LSU game, Florida, the Florida game. There are your games. The Iron Bowl picking your. Picking the game that means more in the state of Alabama, arguably, than the national championship does, is not the game to point at 
as hey, this is, you know, this is proof that Georgia's gonna win by four touchdowns on Saturday. That's that's not that's not if that's the case, there was there was really I mean, if you, I saw a comparison. If you want to compare for Saturday purposes, what's gonna happen? Go look at the final scores on common opponents. Alabama forty two, Arkansas thirty five, Georgia thirty seven, Arkansas a big fat goose egg. Mm-hmm. That's more telling than then this weekend Georgia beat Tech forty five nothing and and uh, the Alabama squeaked out of the plains. Mm-hmm. They've squeaked out. They, it's, yeah. it's rivalry week. It's rivalry week. Don't, Don't do not over exaggerate. No. Uh, it's I, I, if I'm an Alabama fan, am I concerned? Yes. I, However, probably not based off of Saturday. And I don't think many I don't think I think many Alabama fans will admit that. I think they're concerned for reasons that are that are outside of the Iron Bowl. Um, I don't think that game is what's making them I sweat. Would, I would look back and I would also be concerned. Look at Texas A&M. They lost to Texas A&M. Texas A&M just lost to LSU. Texas A&M, four, they had four losses this year, A&M, and they weren't to Bama. Yeah. Those, one of those, all those four losses were not to Bama. They went in and they beat Bama. And Bama, I'm looking at Bama's, you look at Bama's schedule, they don't really have a quality win besides Ole Miss. Which is looking like a really quality win. Yeah, I will it, say it, I'll give I'll give yeah. credit to Lane Kiffin. And they they blew they blew him out. It was like forty two to nothing in the third them. quarter. That would that's the Alabama team. If if there's a team that can beat Georgia, that's the Alabama team that has to show up. Has to because that's the only one that does. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a game if that team shows oh, up. Oh yeah, Georgia's not getting blown out. No, on Georgia. Saturday, will, so Georgia's not going to get blown out because of the defense that they have. It, defense will always keep. Oh them yeah, in and the we've game. we've changed we've changed narratives from from you know the question is can could in the past was can Georgia hang with Alabama? It's kind of flipped now. Alabama, the pressure's on Alabama. Now I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the dynasty's over. I'm just saying that for this singular season. It, the narrative is a little bit different. Um, I don't know that the thing that sticks out to me. You mentioned the Texas A and M game, and I will draw from the Auburn game here too. What did we see? A and M gave us the blueprint for how to beat this specific Alabama offense. Create pressure. You keep pressure coming out of nowhere. You, you've got you've got to keep it coming from every direction. Bryce Young. I don't care what people say about his Heisman moment, whatever. He does not perform. He's not the quickest on his feet. He's not really fast, and he doesn't do well when he's pressured. Watch them play a defense that creates pressure. Now, A&M was bringing linebackers through that whole game. They were bringing the Mike linebacker almost every. It, it was they were they were dialing up blitzes that were that were. This is either going to work or we're going to give up twenty five yards mm-hmm. because the middle of the field's wide open. Yeah, and Jameson Williams going across the yes. middle of the field, and that bit them a couple times. However, I think they were willing to give up one or two of those if you sack him. I don't know how many times they sacked him. They sacked him, I think, at least five times. So you you've got you're creating negative plays. However. If you look on Saturday, again rivalry game, so I'm I'm careful here. He got Bryce Bryce Young got sacked seven times. Now, mm. both good defenses. Auburn's got a good defense. A and M's is not shabby. They both they both use linebackers to bring blitzes. Georgia's not going to have to bring linebackers, no. especially against that that offensive line. And if they do, they're getting to the quarterback. If if when Georgia dials up blitzes, I would hate to be Bryce that's, Young. They're going to be the struggle living. for Bama. This Bama team, okay, 
again, we're, we're taking the Alabama-Auburn game with a grain of salt because, again, Alabama didn't have Brian Robinson and Jamison Williams. And it's a rivalry game, yeah. and Bama really struggled. They did not play their best. Yeah. All right? The whole thing that there is, Bama, in the games that they've lost, or it's been close, they haven't been able to run the ball. <coughs> and it's starting to show up constantly. And trust me, Bama, it's not going to magically appear over a week. No. Nick Saban's not going to put a little of fairy dust on it, and it's going to turn into 200 yards. If it does, that's a miracle. But you're not doing that against Georgia. I'm sorry. This is not the team to do that no. against. You, you're going to have to throw the ball. And the worrisome, like he said with the Texas, like Grant said with the Texas A&M, is if Georgia's creating pressure, I worry about Bryce Young. I worry about... I. I don't really worry about Jamison Williams getting open, but I think the corners for, for Georgia can slow them down. I was going to say Georgia's secondary is also better than Texas A&M. Yeah. So you're you're not as concerned about giving up. Look, if Alabama takes the top off a time in that game, I can live with that. Yeah. If I if I'm if I'm Kirby Smart, am I happy? No, but I'm that's not a death punch because mm-hmm. they're not going to The problem is with Georgia's defense, if you're going to if you're going to rely on taking the top off, I hope you can do that four or five times because you're going to have to, and they're going to need to be touchdowns because that's what it's going to take if you don't have a running game. And that's the thing about, like we're talking about, we're saying take the Auburn game with a grain of salt. However, the issues we saw in the Iron Bowl are a continuation of issues we've seen for the last four or five weeks. Mm -hmm. An inability to run, like an inexplicable inability to run the ball. Now we get it. Their offensive line is abysmal, but at the same time, I mean, we've we've seen bad offensive lines that you still have at least a chance to run the ball. Now, given you have to have a good offensive line against a Georgia caliber yeah. defense, but and I'd already even maybe an Oklahoma State caliber defense, but oh, they yeah. uh, that's gonna be, that's interesting. But um, yeah, it's it's very um, it's worrisome if you're an Alabama fan. The offense is very it's very confusing right now. I I don't know, like I said. I think you're going in. It'll be the first time Bama's going to be a dog in a game since coming to Athens in 2015. Um, Georgia fans remember that. The final score was 38-10, to 10 and it was not in favor of the red and black. No. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, I don't know, man. They're going to have – like you said, the they need fairy dust, and I don't think they have it. Last so. last thing before we um, go to uh, one quick segment for Auburn because I need to talk about something. I I think one of the things is the penalties. I I think Nick Saban team will be disciplined. I I don't know if they're going to have a lot of penalties in this game, but if they no. do, you cannot find yourself behind on this Georgia defense. They wreak havoc when you are behind. I will point to the Arkansas the first drive. Arkansas had two straight false starts. And Georgia turned those into a punt and a touchdown. Then they punted to them again, and they found Georgia, uh, Arkansas found themselves behind the line of scrimmage again, and it was a block punt and scored. Georgia will wreak havoc if you find yourself behind the line of scrimmage. You have to have positive plays to beat this Georgia team. And again, you have to try and take the top off. That's how you're going to score. I don't think you can grind out drives against this Georgia defense. They will find a way to stop you. You have to have explosive plays if you're going to win. Bama. Let me point this out to the yeah, that like you said, you're not going to grind a drive out. You're sure not going to drive a 97 yard or a 97 Absolutely yard lo- long drive out with in in about 50 seconds. That's not going to happen. No. Um, 
the uh, the last three out of the last four times, three out of the last five times, Georgia has played Alabama. 2018 SEC Championship, 2018 National Championship, 2012 SEC Championship game. Georgia has had two touchdown leads in, at, at one time or another in those games. Those were the times when Georgia and Alabama were comparable program. They were, they were on a comparable level. Georgia's had two touchdown leads. Now, were Georgia's defense is good in those games? Absolutely. Were they this good? No. no. If Georgia goes up two touchdowns, I just don't see a path where Bama comes back. Because if Georgia's up two touchdowns, I think it means that Bama's not stopping the offense either. Um, no. It, that, but now that's not just Bama either. That's kind of anybody that plays Georgia this year. You get down multiple scores, you know, turn out the lights, the party's over. Mm-hmm. It, it's just how this is. It's different. It's not so much like, you know, 2019 LSU or 2020 Alabama. You're going to score on them, but they're they're just going to keep scoring. You're not going to stop them. Georgia's going to score at a methodical pace, and you're just not going to score. And so that that's how that's a Kirby that's a that's classic Kirby blow, Smart defense. That's why they're blowing out people. That's why their margin of victory against Power Five teams is by thirty points. It's mm-hmm. not there is not a close second, and it is. Yeah, I, I just think Bama's going to have to be. They're going to have to be. I, I remember before the twenty fifteen game, uh, it was uh, right before kickoff, and obviously Georgia got killed. But my dad said we were ranked six, and Alabama had just lost to um, Ole Miss, and Alabama was ranked like eighth. Mm. And Georgia was 4-0, Bama was 3-1. We were favored. It was one of those years where you're like, this is a good year. Georgia's like on the national championship watch. Mark Rick ended up being his last year, but you're thinking, you know, this is good. They, um, my dad said, you better score first. Just you have to set the tone. You better score first. Well, three and out, first series, we're punting. We saw the game turned out. Bama, you, you better score first. You need you need to set some some sort of tone. I'm still not saying you necessarily win the game, but I think at that point you at least have a chance. You're yep. you're still in the game. Don't let Georgia's defense set the tone by going three and out. Yeah, I don't I, don't let that happen. I, I still say even before this weekend and we Ohio State got exposed. I still say this before this weekend, the team with the best chance to beat Georgia is Nick Saban and Alabama. Just because Nick, of who they, Nick Saban. Yes, it, Nick Saban. It's just that's they've he has he's got Georgia's number. Um, now that puts pressure on Georgia because again, for the umpteenth time going into a title game with Alabama, it feels like you know you're probably the better. T- well, you are the better team this year, but mm-hmm. in past you've probably been the better team or at least as good. Get over the hump. So there's pressure on both sides. It should be a. I think it should be a great game. Yeah, so. I think we'll too. All right, let's move on to Auburn. Auburn, yeah, back to Auburn. My it, bad. It's it. No, no, no. It's it's fine. We we can keep talking. That's that's what we're doing here. <laughs> Auburn is it's seventeen to sixteen. I was sitting on my couch watching the game, and I told my dad, I said, "Look, Dad, I was like Auburn cannot keep this up for more than a couple for more than two or three overtimes." I said, "It won't happen." They have to go for two. If they don't go for two, they're going to lose this game. I set it on my couch, and my dad's like, nope. He's at that quick field goal. Play conservative. You're 6-5, and five, Auburn. Brian Harson, you have nothing to lose. This is the Iron Bowl. It is the Iron Bowl. 
you go for the win in that situation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're six and five. You go for the win. It's the Iron Bowl. You have to take the risk. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. You're not going to keep a sustained game with Alabama, especially them finding their groove at the end of fourth, the fourth quarter. Alabama had all the momentum. You had no momentum. You had a hurt quarterback in TJ Finney limping around. You were not going to sustain drives on this Alabama team. It was going to happen eventually. And it turned out it did. Four overtimes, and they lost. Because I, I honestly think they had that one play installed for the, the two-point conversion. And, and because of TJ Finley not being able to move around and them not being able to run the ball, that's what's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you eventually if you don't take risk in the game. Yep. All right. I also think here before it, one more thing. It's fourth, fourth down on your 30? It was like... 35 I would even thought about going for it to end the game after you missed that third down you could have gone for it as well I mean you pinned Bama back and I understand your defense was playing well why not go for it take the risk Auburn see what's going to happen because of it well in hindsight it's 2020 but if they're on the 35 they probably score quicker and you actually have a chance even if they do score to tie the game you've got a chance to end it before regulation ends um, you give or take, you know, thirty, and, say and 30, 40 willing, seconds. If you're willing to punt it back to them, you're trusting your defense. So why not trust your defense on the thirty-five? That's played extremely well in the game. Yeah, you don't trust them. You don't. You don't trust them. They've they've gotten seven punts. They held them for three straight times on downs. Well, and I think too, like we're we're a tad nitpicky just because it's like okay hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, was it the wrong decision to punt it? It's hard to say it's the no, wrong it, decision, but it was, it, was it the was it the best decision? Could you have done something else? Yes, mm-hmm. um, obviously. And, and I, <sighs> I think I think the the two point conversion. I think that was the wrong decision. I think Brian Harson when he goes back and looks at the game, he's gonna kick himself in the foot, knowing that he could have gone for two and won the game at that instance and ended it, but he didn't. But he didn't, and now. All Auburn fans are going to be crying for 364. Days no, the you year. should have won. You should have. You play that was it was Auburn played as good as they as they could have played with TJ de- Finley on defense. Yeah, I, well, I was to say, I, well, and I don't know. He, he we could the, say could, but with Bonex, if Bonex had been in the game, would they have won? Yeah, it depends on again what I version. Think they, I think they probably would have. Good bow, they would have won. Um, yeah, well, and I think even bad bows not necessarily any worse than what TJ Finley was. So yeah, that's true. Um, this is definitely true. And I think experience gets you a little bit. So, All right, let's move on to... We're just going to go through a couple of college football games. Let's do it. Well, not all college football games. We're going to go to the ones that are important that are going to go up to the playoff rankings. We've got a little bit of other news, though, and don't then, we, and Mr. We, Florida fan? We, we got two other big um, coaching changes, you know, because there was a big one two big ones yesterday one that's kind of getting overshadowed by a huge one that nobody expected kind of when i saw it i kind of dropped my jaw and slapped me in the face i don't know what happened with you grant did you drop your jaw off slap you in the face with which one the the is this the, some guy going to usc oh yeah he's, that, not that really, one. he's not really a big name um no i i just i saw it and i was like okay i was rip I mean, lsu i kind of laughed yeah, I mean, I was like, yeah, stinks to be an LSU fan, really stinks to be an Oklahoma fan. Uh, <laughs> now you're going, I, I mean, 
sure, I guess, okay, Bob Stoots 2.0, but still, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, we'll get into it. I won't get ahead of you, but I have, I have thoughts on it, and I know you do too. So, yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to the first game for college football playoff ranking games that are, that are important for the college football playoff and have some meaning to them. We'll go to Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Now, we're not going to get into a whole Oklahoma situation. I want to get into the Oklahoma State situation because people didn't believe in me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. They were struggling against Missouri State. They struggled against Tulsa. They went and they beat Baylor. After they beat Baylor, I was a strong believer. I said, hey, watch out for this Oklahoma State team because they can compete. I said, Oklahoma is still in the driver's seat. They are driving. Texas is in the back. Iowa State's in the back. There is a team up in the front called Oklahoma State that is in the front seat with them, and they are, they are, they are ready to take over the wheel. I said that week four. People called me an idiot for it. Now look at it. They're 11-1. and They're 8-1 in conference. They're going to the conference championship game. If they can beat Baylor in the conference championship game, they will go to the college football playoff. Yep. They'll be a 12-1 and Big Ten champ. Big, Big 12. Big 12 champ. Man. Almost makes that. Don't take Michigan's thunder now. <laughs> yeah. This is the only thing they, they got to enjoy the last couple of years. Um, but Oklahoma State's really, they, they've really come on. And I will say this as well. Oklahoma didn't score in the second half. This and, Oklahoma State defense. And they could have. I'm sorry. They could have. Yeah, they could have. But Oklahoma State's defense stood firm. Now, yes, Oklahoma scored, but they scored on special teams and they scored a safety. Okay. I'm not going to count that for Oklahoma's offense. That Oklahoma State defense came out in the second half. They played with a purpose. They forced punts. They forced turnovers against this Oklahoma team. And in reality, Oklahoma State's defense is why they won this game. Especially after that end of the game where Caleb Williams had that huge run. And I thought, oh man, Oklahoma's going to come down and score. They have all the momentum. Four straight stops. Four straight stops. On first and ten stop, second and ten stop, third and ten stop, fourth and ten stop, they were getting after the quarterback. They were sound in the in their secondary. Their linebackers are fast. They fly everywhere. This Oklahoma State team will cause a problem if they get into the college football playoff. And yes, I even mean for Georgia, they could cause a problem. All right, let's let's talk one name. Spencer Sanders gets into the name, everyone. Spencer Sanders, he had he threw for two two fourteen, one touchdown. He didn't have his greatest game. He got two interceptions. But he had sixteen carries for ninety-three yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren, their running back, seventeen carries, fifty-six yards and a touchdown. Offensively, Oklahoma State did not have its greatest game. But I'm telling you, offensively, they were able to throw the ball around on people. Their defense is able to get stops. There's a reason that they were holding these Oklahoma. They were reason they were holding these Big Twelve offenses to so lo, one of the lowest numbers that the Big Twelve has experienced in a long time. That's my take on it. Grant, anything anything you want to say about Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, if you want to, and Caleb Williams. Um, I, the only thing I can think of is like it's good to finally see a Big Twelve team that looks like they actually play football and not something a bunch of twelve year olds play in the backyard, mm-hmm. where everybody scores a hundred points and the team that has the ball last wins. Oklahoma State's going to play real football. They're here to play defense. Now, is their defense the caliber of the top defenses in the country? 
Yeah, probably. However, I mean, they did give up 33, but still. 24. Tw- yeah, tw- okay, yeah, tw- that's true. 24. Tw- in a half. They have 24 in a, in a half. Um, ironically, the same number that. What, 24 and a half? What happened? Uh, I think back in October, Halloween weekend, Florida gave up 24. That's, no, I'm sorry, rabbit trail. Mm. Um, but anyway, they uh, they gave up hey, 24. That doesn't burn anymore. You know? It doesn't? No, okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't burn anymore. Uh, well, I think we'll get to why here in a second. <laughs> but uh, they, um, but seriously, no, they, it's, it's kind of refreshing because now we have a big 12 team that if they beat Baylor this weekend, they're in the playoff. You're not thinking... Okay, we're just gonna go score. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're, you're not gonna be in a shootout necessarily, a, sh- a traditional shootout where it's like sixty to fifty nine. You might be in a close game, but it, it's just it's a it's actual football. Yeah, they're again. A, they're a balanced team, which is yeah. really great to see out of the Big Twelve because all Big Twelve teams that have gotten to the playoff, only Oklahoma, offense, 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 offense. It's all just been offense. No defense. So exactly. So and and with that model, Oklahoma wants to get you into a shootout. That's they want that. They want to control the game and get into a shootout. The the conference that is anti shootout is the SEC. Is the SEC. Every time that the Oklahoma, except for I think they played Clemson in their yep. first playoff, has they have I think they were even the one seed that year, except for when they were played Clemson, in I think what was that? That was the second year of the playoff or something. First year Clemson was in it. They played Deshaun Every Watson year. and Clemson. Yeah. Every year they've been in the playoff, they've aside from that one, they have played an SEC school. They have played Georgia. The following year they played Alabama. And they even the got in a shootout with Georgia. Yes. They got in a shootout with Georgia and they lost but the shootout. That's the thing. They're they've all three of their SEC games they have played have been Oklahoma style football. Offense. You lost to Georgia at your own game. You lost, lost to Bama at your own game. I don't even that was LSU that was, just beat you at Al- your own game. Alabama or the LSU game that wasn't even a loss. Like I don't even know what you would call that. That was a That's loss, a funeral, burial. I don't. I mean, they insulted their mothers. <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad. It was it was like it was like you. It was babies like Oklahoma, will be babies when they cry out of the womb will be crying because of that score. It, it was That's like what, like Oklahoma. It was as if Oklahoma had insulted all of the moms on L, of LSU's players mm-hmm. before the game. And because that was bad, but they, um, yeah, I, dude, I don't know that that model just does not work. I don't think when you're gonna play other elite schools, it's just not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's that's all there's. I mean, in the game against Georgia in that Rose Bowl, they were giving up 12 yards a rush. Now, given Georgia was, was also was, running Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, yeah. However, you 12 yards a touch. That's, Are you that's, kidding a ridic- me? that's that's NCAA football Madden numbers right there. Yeah, against like little sisters of the poor. <laughs> I mean, it, it was that that that's that is not an elite school. Mm-mm. That's not just not an elite defense. That's not an elite school mm-hmm. at that point. You you're beating up on teams you should beat up on, and then still getting into the playoff, and then just getting exposed for what you actually are. I think that that for the Big Twelve. This is a breath of fresh air. I also think it's really good that it's Oklahoma State because they are your new flagship program. Because they've been, and also Oklahoma State has been there. Yes. I remember 2011, 2010, Oklahoma State was really good. Yeah. They were in the BCS conversation, but they can never get over the hump. If yeah. they can play Baylor and they can get over the hump and be in the college football playoff, 
I really like to see. I really like to see that for Oklahoma State in the new flagship program. And for the yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like I said, it, I, even if you end up being the 2021 version of the 2014 Michigan State team that made the playoff and then gets their doors blown off by Alabama, even if that's the case, then you are. Shoot, that might have been the 2015 team. Yeah, because Alabama got beat. Got, Alabama got beat. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry ended people's lives. Yeah, he did. Well, he's he's continued to do so. Um, but anyway, rest in peace, Josh Norman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, no, yeah. Even if they end up being this new version of that Michigan State team that got killed, again, the Big Twelve has got to breathe a sigh of relief that you basically didn't have an SEC school as your potential representative in the playoff at that point because mm-hmm. Oklahoma was gone. You needed that next program to step up and say, "Okay, we'll take the banner from the Blue Bloods." The the and Blue we'll, Blood, yeah. and we'll hold it high. Oklahoma State, yeah. and I think Baylor as well, I and Baylor. Baylor. They those two programs, and I'll even throw TCU in there. They have got to step up now. Mm-hmm. TCU's got a lot of issues going they right got now. Sony Dykes, but now. they're 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 a traditional. They're traditionally a good program, but they've got to step up now because you're losing essentially. I I mean, I say your two flagship programs. Texas is one in name only just because they haven't been relevant in a yeah. few years. However, you've got to replace that production you were getting from Oklahoma. And I think also with the Big 12, you're going to have other schools coming in. Yeah. Houston's going to be coming in. Houston's not bad. Cincinnati's not bad as well. Those are two big schools that are coming in. Yeah, I know, I know. Making the face that you don't Can, like Cincinnati. Wait, I don't see Cincinnati on here. Can I just say one thing about we're Cincinnati gonna, real quick? That's oh, the, we next, are talk? That's okay. the next I'll, team I'll we're talking about. Okay, All okay right. good. All right, you know what? We'll just jump to it. All right, because I think okay. I'm done with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, proud of y'all. Good job, go Cowboys. You guys really have 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 showed up. Let's talk Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay, so Cincinnati confuses me. Anytime they play a school that they should crush, they beat them. They struggle. Okay, I was about to say beat them by single digits. They struggle against them. They played SMU. A team that's not bad. The SMU is 8-2. and two. They were ranked at one point. And they beat the living brakes off of SMU. They beat them to death. It reminds me of that meme that um, it's from the Family Guy meme where it's like they keep hitting the guy like, no, stop, stop, stop. He's already yeah. dead. Yes, I know that's, that. that's how bad Cincinnati <laughs> beat SMU. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Cincinnati, they seem like they play down to their competition and then they play up. That worries me mm-hmm. because if they play like they play Houston this weekend, Houston, if Cincinnati doesn't come with their A game, Houston will beat them. Houston has the capabilities to beat them. There's a reason Houston's eleven and one, and they're undefeated in their conference. Yep. Right, Houston's been a solid program for many years. years. Right, Cincinnati. If you come in this game and you don't bring your A game, you will lose to Houston and you will be out of the playoff. And the team that you beat could possibly jump you for the playoff, which is scary because of how you played against lower level teams and how that team that you beat is now playing. I'll be. I'll bring up the Notre Dame because that's another team we got to bring up. Notre Dame played Stanford. They beat them forty-five to fourteen. Then they played Georgia Tech. They beat them 55 to nothing. They played Navy. They beat the crap out of Navy. They beat all these schools. They are just, they are beating the brakes off the schools. Notre Dame is what they're supposed to do. And you guys are coming in and struggling against Tulsa. 
and struggling against Memphis and struggling against all these teams. And then when you play up to your competition, you beat them pretty badly. And then you struggle again. That's not going to cut it for the committee. And if you take one loss, they will jump Notre Dame over you guys because of how Notre Dame's starting and, to look. And Cincinnati, their look, Cincinnati, commit the committee, I think, is looking for an excuse to rank you at about 13. Yep. So d- d- if you lose, well, I mean, like, technically it's the same for everybody. The only team that can lose on Saturday and still get in is Georgia. However, Cincinnati has the most pressure because technically, even if even if if Cincinnati loses, regardless of what happens in any other game, they're out. Technically, a two-loss Big Ten champ or a Big Twelve champ still has a path as long as other, a lot of other stuff happens. Cincinnati, you either win and you're in, or you lose and you're out. There's no second guessing. Um, they uh, with Cincinnati. Here's what I want to see for my own viewing pleasure they've set it up they've set it up well we can be greedy this year um they've set it up to they've put notre dame notre dame's gonna be five look precedent says anything i don't know with the new college football rankings coming out i think oklahoma state might jump notre dame that's just me even if they're at six though they they still have a shot precedent has been set with the committee and notre dame they love notre dame Yes, they love do. Notre Dame. They love to put them in because of the audience it draws and the money. They love putting them in. They're looking to do the same thing this year, but they've got an excuse to do it. They, they need an excuse to do it. Now, they might just do it anyway, even with a head-to-head loss against Cincinnati. However, Cincinnati, with that being said, if the committee does decide to snub you, I would absolutely love to see Cincinnati go to the Sugar Bowl get left out and play the lane train mm. Very the, good possibility. the rebels of the university of mississippi and i would i think ole miss would kill him i legitimately do i think that would be hilarious see that's where we disagree but, i don't think so I, here's 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 what i want to see i want to see that because i think ole miss is look there's an argument i think that ole miss is is a top six or seven team in the country right now maybe even better here here's the here's the thing i think that that it would be it would be beneficial to the college world if that happened in the sense of the the pressure to put a team that has played two power five teams all year you go undefeated in a schedule that most sec schools could sleepwalk through and no, I shouldn't say most. Several that, that several Florida would be SEC. undefeated. Yeah. Okay. With that, that says a lot. So, um, <laughs> with that being said, it, it would show. Yeah, you don't belong. You're you're a, you're kind of second class here. You're a little bit below the big boys. I think that would be good for the Power Five. Um, in addition, Ole Miss is the perfect team to have that to have that game against because. Ole Miss is not in the position of getting snubbed. They're a two-loss non. They're not even. They didn't even win their division, so they're not. It's not like Georgia against Texas a few years ago, or even Alabama when they've when they've missed when they missed the playoff a couple years ago in the past. Mm-hmm. It's different because you know, with those years, those teams had playoff aspirations. Georgia and Alabama, they didn't make it. So now you've got opt-outs. You've got people leaving early. You've got a meaningless game that none of the players care about. Blah, 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 blah. Honestly, Georgia played one of those against Cincinnati last year and still won. Mm-hmm. However, 
you've got one of those. Ole Miss is not in that boat. Ole Miss no, was they not. Wanna, this, they want Are you kidding me? You offer them a sugar bowl? They That's never get huge. It. They never. That's huge. Now, would they rather be in the playoff? Sure. Do they think they can probably play with playoff teams? Absolutely. I think if you give yeah, another shot at Alabama right now, maybe you do need to get your popcorn ready. Mm-hmm. But I just think that Ole Miss is a perfect team to do it against. It's different than even like, I remember 2017 when we had this similar situation with Central Florida. What did they do? They were left out at 12-0, and and they played an Auburn team that, albeit, was two-loss regular season, but they had beaten two number one teams in the span of three weeks, and they beat them bad. So they had they were in the playoff. Then you get curb stomped by Georgia in the champ in the title game. You're out of the playoff now. You're a three loss non conference champ. So now we're going to the Peach Bowl and we get to play UCF. Well, what happens? Central Florida comes out and beats them. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Auburn had stuff to. They, there was no motivation, was no motivation for motivation, Auburn. No. Ole Miss has all the motivation in the world in this situation. I think. I would think it would be a great game. I think that Ole Miss would win. And I think it would show, hey, Cincinnati, you didn't belong. And and honestly, I think that Oklahoma State, I think even even Notre Dame, well, maybe not Notre Dame, I think Oklahoma State, even a two-loss no, Oklahoma State or a two-loss Baylor or a two-loss Michigan still gives you better football than an undefeated Cincinnati. Now, I could be totally wrong on that. That is simply my opinion. But I just think that for the purposes of this year, it's been a wacky year. That's what I think might happen. I think one of the... One of the things that we're going to get into is we we have to, of course, we got to do a, a rankings preview, because yes. I, I I want to talk college football scenarios. Because we were so close to being right last week. Oh man, it was it was it was close. We literally could not be for, more for, wrong. <laughs> for for those that were um, listening to the podcast, what do we have? Ohio State two. Yeah. Yeah, and we had Michigan a little bit down. We had Michigan at like five. I think we're right where we thought they were going, right where they we we were we had Oklahoma State off. right we had Oklahoma State up after yeah last week last week we had I have it right here we had uh, you had um, oh what are, these are these are this, this is prior to this Saturday this wasn't preview but this is what we thought would end up yes what this pre- was, this was before this Saturday this was last week this past Saturday this was last week you had Georgia at one uh, in order Georgia Bama uh, excuse me this is actually older than that. I think it's two weeks ago. Yeah, this was two weeks ago. We but we still had Michi- this was this is how much has changed. Michigan at eight, Notre Dame at nine, uh you had Cincy at six, Oklahoma State at five. That one we were close on. Yep. We both had Oklahoma State ranked high. Um, but I mean I had Michigan at seven, Cincy at nine. I had Michigan State at five. I mean, we're a lot has changed. This has been a weird year. And so the rankings this week are gonna be totally different i think let's get into the the rankings and let's get into the college football scenarios yeah you were talking about cincy and ole miss let's start with the most dramatic what happens if cincinnati oklahoma state bama gets blown out and cincy cincy loses cincinnati loses by two touchdowns and michigan loses to iowa Who's in? All right, so Georgia's I, Georgia's in. So you have Georgia. Notre Dame's in. Georgia. I gotta write this down. Georgia is thirteen and zero, one seed lock. Lock. Yep. Okay. Two. You said Bama's blown out, so they're done. They're done. Two. You said Cincy's out because they've lost. They lost. So we've already established they lose a by lo- two touchdowns. 
they could lose by point two touchdowns, and I think they're yeah. still they're still out. So, so, it, so since he, he any out. kind of loss is out, um, you said Oklahoma State loses to Baylor. Yes. So so these are these are the the things that we have to then look at is. If we're looking at the college football rankings, Baylor is an 11-2 Big 12 champ. Ole Miss is sitting there at 10-2. Non-con champ. Yeah, uh, not, I, not, not con champ, just a non-con. They're just, yeah, they're not even in their division. Yeah. So. so then you have Alabama, who would be 10-3. Not 10-3. They would be 11-2. Um, 11-2 Baylor, Big 12 champ, a 10-2 Ole Miss. 11 and 1 Notre Dame and a Georgia. And an 11 2 Michigan. Okay, well, at that point, you're 1 2s Georgia at 13 and 0 and Notre Dame at 11 and 1. Yeah. I think you have the top two would be locked. But at that. who would be why three? Are we, why are we sitting here again talking about Notre Dame in the playoff? I hate this. <laughs> um, Notre Dame's actually looked really good the last And in weeks. the two seed for all. I mean, it, uh, hey, if, it ha- if chaos happens, which I always pray for chaos, I love chaos. I want it to happen. But at the same time, this kind of chaos would be I, – I would hate to be on the committee. I would hate for this to happen because then you have to decide between Ole Miss, Ole Miss Michigan, Baylor, and Alabama. Bam, I think Bama gets the nod over Ole Miss because of the head-to-head, and it was a dominant head-to-head. So um, I think you would have to rule out Ole Miss, even though I think that they're better than they were at that point in time. So would then so would then you put Baylor at four because Baylor would be an eleven who, and two. Who do you put at three? Alabama. You put you think a blowout loss even in that scenario, Bama still well, stays in. If Bama if Bama gets blown up by Georgia, I don't think I think they drop and I think Ole Miss jumps them. So even saying, though they have the head to head, because Ole Miss has not played Georgia. I mean, we're literally talking about the potential for I would say. I would say in this scenario, because I think Baylor gets in, because Baylor would be an eleven and two Big Twelve champ. I think in this scenario right now, you would have either. I'm, I'm writing this down to be for certain here. You could have how many losses? Would Iowa be an eleven and two? They Big would Ten be an champ? eleven eleven and two Big Ten champ. Oh my word! I don't think they get there though. I don't think they would get. I think they would be at nine or eight. But you could you could put in the conversation of Iowa getting there. But I don't know if they can jump up that high. Look at the scenario here. You could have, yeah. Who else is sitting right outside? What are the current rankings? I'm kind of curious as to who's <laughs> BYU. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, BYU. <laughs> Last year they almost. Um, College. I got the rankings right here from current rankings. Now, given this would be okay. Who else is sitting? Oh my word! What if Oregon wins the Pac-12? Yeah, you can make an argument for Oregon being there, too. Okay, you could potentially have... Okay, okay, Iowa sitting at 15. That's going to be... And they'll move yeah, they, up after they, this week. They, That's a stretch. Yeah, they're not going to get there. Oregon's um, very possible if they win the Pac-12 and chaos happens that they could get there. Because they bounced back this week, and they, they, they blew the doors off Oregon State. But Ole so. Miss... But Ole Miss, if they can somehow... I think or- Ole Miss has a path. Tech, if, if utter chaos breaks loose... Yeah. What about you, Ohio State? Ooh. If, if, if they don't put Michigan in there, then Ohio State won't get in because Michigan has to head-to-head. Yeah, I don't think you would put Ohio State in if you don't put Michigan in, even yeah. with, the big, with, the, with the loss. Ugh. And I, people are going to be like, well, then you don't put Alabama in if, if you don't put 
uh, Ole Miss in if, unless you put Alabama in. Well, I think the difference would be that Alabama's getting blown out by Georgia. I think that this is yeah. the only... If it's close, Alabama gets in. If I had to... If I had to... If I had to say, if it comes down to Oregon or Ole Miss, an 11-2 Oregon versus a 10-2 Ole Miss, I think Oregon gets the nod just because, again, from a standpoint of value, I think that probably is the better game. Plus, it doesn't create an, a regional playoff game, um, which the, we, the committee hates. I mean, they, they don't mind putting two SEC teams in, but the ratings aren't as... Like the Alabama-Georgia ratings for national championship were really good in the South. But, I mean, if you're in... You know the state of Washington. It's a little less yeah, nobody compelling. Nobody wants to watch that. So I think then you're. I think you're sitting at Georgia one, obviously Notre Dame two, obviously Baylor three, Oregon four. Yeah, I think it's I possible. cannot believe we're and still then, talking and about then Oregon. Ole, Ole Miss and Alabama on the outside. I at think five you got, or six. I think you got Ole Miss or Alabama at five or six, and I think Michigan is either. I think you could make an argument. Michigan's at five or six. Yeah, that's true. Um, Oklahoma State's at five or six. I don't know what you do after the top four, and honestly, who cares? Because it's yeah, going to be gonna matter. it's it's going to be interesting. I think Alabama gets blown out and they're done. Um, this is the oh, I'm looking at the April. I really see. would love to see Ole Miss. I know it's probably not going to happen unless absolute chaos happens, but that would be cool to see Ole Miss. That would be cool to see Baylor in there as well. That would be really cool. Yeah. But I again, chaos has to happen. Now let's go to a more realistic scenario. Also, Oklahoma, you're out. <laughs> just wait do we actually have to say that <laughs> sorry oklahoma sorry they, they they're hurting right now grant you didn't have to you didn't have to kick them while they're down all right i mean i'll play their fight song i don't even know if i can do this just credit like just for y'all because this is the best thing that's happening to you hey it's not bad that's enough of that is that is that what you play in in your ear while you have your earpods in no, one hundred percent. Boomer Center. No, I just you know they probably play that after touchdowns, and so I just y'all probably aren't going to experience a lot of those coming up soon. You're joining yep. a dominant conference. You're going to struggle. So I, you know, that was all the Oklahoma fans out there. That was for you. You're going to face a defense that's actually yeah. good every single week. Call me if you need tissues. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get to a realistic scenario. Let's say Alabama loses, Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins. Oklahoma State loses. Notre Dame's in, correct? I think that's a pretty simple scenario for me. I, I don't think there's any... Oklahoma State loses and Alabama loses. Notre Dame's in. And the yeah. top four is Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame. Who... who? Okay, I, Georgia... Okay, I got you. If since... This is a... This is... This other scenario is a little interesting. Alabama loses to Georgia. Michigan wins. Oklahoma State wins. Cincinnati loses. Where are they putting Cincinnati and Notre Dame? Who's jumping who? Because the committee has already proven this is the same scenario that we had with Oregon and Ohio State. Oregon went into Columbus and beat Ohio State at home. Then they went on the road and they lost to Stanford, a team that's now 3-9. and nine. Cincinnati their loss would be to an 11-2 Houston team. But Cincinnati went on the road and they beat Notre Dame in their home stadium. The same thing that Oregon did to Ohio State. And the committee proved in the first cup, those first rankings, Oregon was ahead of Ohio State. Do they do the same thing with Cincinnati? Or is it because of the strengths of schedule for Cincinnati that they put Notre Dame over them? Yeah, I, I think that at that point, 
Notre Dame goes over. It's it's what was it, Cincinnati's strength of schedule of the top four? I saw this the other day. It's like ninety fourth or something. It's it's not good. You you take away that Notre Dame game, it is awful. I mean, your next mm-hmm. best win is. I mean, again, SMU is a good win, but like an SMU, no, not knocking SMU. You're not a top tier. Pr- like that's not if you're if you're a Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, whatever. SMU is your. That's like you pay them to come and play you. That's mm-hmm. not the same kind of. No, it's big it's, game. That's it's not different. a big game in Athens. It is in Cincinnati. So I think it just. Yeah, it's not their schedule's gonna hurt them. Yeah, I mean, that's a. It's a, it'd be an interesting conversation. But I, I do agree. I think Notre Dame would jump, just because of their strength of schedule. The other thing that could be this: What happens if Alabama loses close to Georgia? Let's say by a field goal. Georgia kicks a game-winning field goal. Oklahoma State oh, wins. Just for the record, please don't let that happen. I oh, yeah. hot pod, Jake Jack Podlesny. Don't give me that stress before this week. <laughs> okay, go ahead, continue. So Oklahoma State, they win. Cincinnati wins. Okay. Now we have to talk about, does Bama stay? Does Bama stay? They're an 11-2 and two team. I don't know. <laughs> and and if the committee, oh. a committee respect, okay, look at this, look at this AP poll. There's 62 votes for who's going to be the top. Georgia has all 62. Yeah. If the committee really thinks that high of, well, this is the AP. The AP thinks that high of Georgia. I guarantee you the committee thinks that high of Georgia. Because Georgia, um, they would be 13-0. They would have dominated every opponent. Alabama would be the only team that they hadn't dominated. Why not put Bama in? If they actually can compete with Georgia at that moment, why not keep them at four and have a rematch? I think here's what will I think this will be the telling factor. You're not the committees they they don't you don't want this because it's bad for the game. And you do, and they're not going to do it because it's really not fair for the teams. They're not going to create a back-to-back game. Yeah, that's true. So here's what's going to be telling: Georgia and Alabama are not going to play on Saturday, and then again in the first round of the playoff. Here, I'm not saying they won't play again in the national championship game if Alabama wins. What did they put Alabama? But, but Michigan versus here's, Alabama. I think here's what's telling: if Bama is ranked two after tomorrow night, then I think there's a chance. If they're ranked three, I don't think so. And here's why. If they're ranked two and they lose, you can move them to three. If they're ranked three and they lose, you're not going to leave them at three because they lost. No, you got to put Oklahoma State there. you can't put them at four because that creates a back-to-back in the the Orange Bowl. So you think the committee could put them at two in these college football rankings? Potentially. However, I just don't see – to see them not put Michigan at two – yeah, I I think the committee for 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 what's good for college football, you know what national championship they want to see? They want to see dogs and wolverines. That that's I think the ide, ideal national championship right now. To be honest, I would I would love to see Georgia. I Georgia ideal, Oklahoma State. I would love to see that. Yeah, uh, either, honestly, either one. I would love to see a Georgia Oklahoma State semifinal and then a Georgia and Michigan. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome to see. I would love to see that. You know what they don't want to see? Georgia Bama. Yeah, that happens every year. Yeah. And this is and, the year and, no Oklahoma, no Ohio State, no Clemson. And and you know what happens if they put Georgia and Bama in playoff? Guess what the national championship's gonna be? It'll be Georgia. Georgia Bama. Bama. 
it's gonna it, yeah it's gonna happen Th- those two teams aren't gonna be beat if they're in the playoff now i now i'm not gonna i don't want to get into saying georgia's guaranteed winning a national championship that's not what i meant because they're gonna be in the playoff i'm not predicting they're not gonna lose however there that rematch will happen if they both get in mm-hmm. um i think it's gonna be telling i think if they're ranked two then yes if it's a close game if it's a blowout you could rank them at one tomorrow i don't care they're not getting in if if it's at two, I think there's a chance. If they're at three, sorry, see you next year. If if you lose, no matter what. I think if you're three, I don't care if Georgia kicks a field goal and they were down two and win by one as time expires. I think they're out. If if yeah, I, I just don't I don't see them. I don't see I don't see a path for Bama if they remain ranked at three. If Michigan jumps them, then I think they're it's, it's do or die on Saturday for them. Sunday night. Sunday morning. Yes. Everything's happened. Who's the top four? After next weekend. After next weekend, if you had if you had to predict who's your who's the top four going to be, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll do it this way. I think Georgia's too much for Alabama to handle. I think Georgia's thirteen and zero next Sunday, ranked number one going into the playoff. I think Michigan takes care of business. I don't think they're going to blow Iowa out. Mm-hmm. However, I think that they win convincingly, maybe in that ten to twelve point margin. They're in. Could be more. I don't know. Um, think they're in it too. After that, I will give I, – I don't want to necessarily make a prediction, a bold prediction saying Houston's coming because I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a Houston game this year. I will give Cincinnati the benefit of the doubt and will say that the committee, they win, and the committee puts them in at four. And then I believe that we will have a rematch of the last year's uh, was it what, what was Sugar it? Bowl? Sugar Bowl, the yes. pe- Peach Bowl. Peach Sorry. Bowl. I think it was, I was going to say Peach Bowl in Atlanta. I think we'll have a rematch of the Peach Bowl in Miami. And then I think that Oklahoma State will mm-hmm. take care of business against Baylor. I think they win again, similarly to Michigan, convincingly, that ten to twelve margin. They're just a little too much for Baylor. Think they're in. Think that's isn't it the Cotton Bowl. Think that's yep. your Cotton Bowl. After that, would Notre Dame be five? I think Notre Dame is first out. Um, I, and it is dependent. Ole Miss. It is or de- Alabama would be second out. Yeah, I say I think you would go Alabama, and then Ole Miss would be seven. I think too, just because the head the dominated head to head. Um. Having said that, I think that looking, um, saying Cincinnati at four, the Notre Dame, I think they can still get in, even if Cincinnati wins. It's got to be really close. It's got to be that they kicked a field goal as time expired to not lose. I don't even think if it's 30-30 and they kick a field goal to win 33-30 as time expires, Cincinnati probably still get I'm talking like they were down 30 to 28 kick a field goal win 31 30 against Houston a team that probably the other playoff teams demolish then yeah I think Notre Dame could get the nod but I will give Cincinnati the benefit of the doubt I think they win by a touchdown and they're they're in the playoff and they get clobbered in Miami but that's my I don't know what do you think what do you I, I like that I I'll go quick with this because we got to get to the coaching changes and then we'll end it. Um, 
Georgia, I think, is going to blow out Bama. I know, I know I've been saying, watch out for Nick Saban. I think Kirby Smart will have Georgia ready, and I think Georgia will blow out Bama. I do think Michigan will take care of Iowa. Although, I agree, it will be close. I think Cincinnati loses to Houston. I, I, I really I, I do. I respect it. I respect I it. I really think Cincinnati loses to Houston. I have been a believer in Cincinnati. I have been a believer in them. But I really think Houston can knock them off. I really do. And I think Houston will knock them off. I think Cincinnati will fall from grace. They'll be 12-1. and one. I think Oklahoma State wins. And I think it'll be one Georgia, four Notre Dame, two Michigan, three Oklahoma State. I think that's what it'll be. Now, would that be the top four that I want? No, because I would rather see Georgia and Oklahoma State and Michigan and Notre Dame. But I think a 12-1 Big 12 champ will get the three spot. It'll be Michigan versus Oklahoma State. And I think Georgia will beat Notre Dame. And I actually think that Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma State would beat Michigan, and I think it would be a, a I said Georgia. The same thing. I think, think it would be a Georgia you, yeah. and Oklahoma State. I, I really think do. You could potentially could have that. And that's that's the that's the championship I want to see. Either that or Georgia versus Michigan. That is what I want to see. Hate Notre Dame being in there because they're every single year. I have a hard... and I get to hear my dad constantly say, "Notre Dame's in the playoff." Has Florida been in there? No, 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 no. I have a really hard time looking at the playoff scenario regardless of what happens on championship Saturday and not seeing Georgia in the national championship game just because even if they're in, regardless, I just don't think that there's going to be a... No, I don't think I the think, four teams are... The, I, the fourth team will be able to beat them. Because you're not going to... Taking Bama off the table if Bama's their one loss and is the one team... That be, I think the other options, you're not going to play Bama back-to-back. So the other options in the playoff... Are Notre Dame I and Cincinnati. See, they're either going to be... Georgia would either be the three or the four at that point. Probably the three. And I don't see them losing to a two. I, 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 Unless they if, put I, Cincinnati at three and they put Oklahoma State at four. That would be interesting. And Georgia at two? No, Georgia at one. Oh, oh I'm, I'm talking about with the Georgia loss. In, on oh, Saturday. with the Georgia loss. Oh, Georgia's in no matter what. They'll put them at two, I think. That, well, that's what I'm saying. So, regards, I just don't see a team besides Alabama at the moment that, which, I mean, I say that now. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. I just don't see Georgia losing to anybody except for Alabama, and I really don't see them losing to Alabama. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, this Saturday will be telling. Um, and it could provide the formula to beat Georgia even if Bama doesn't beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a nightmare scenario for Oklahoma State, by the way, if Bama beats Georgia. Because yeah. then it's Georgia and Alabama, Michigan will be in, and I think Cincinnati will and get the, ba- su- the I'm, snub. I'm one loss Bama SEC champion? Oh, they're in. They're, yeah, they're the one seed. Yep, they're the, they're one, the seed. one seed. Georgia, I think, will be the three. I think they'll put Michigan at two. two. Georgia at three, and I think Cincinnati will sneak in at four over Oklahoma State. And, I hate that because I would love to see Oklahoma State in instead. And, and ladies and gentlemen, what does that mean? It means for the national championship game, we're watching Alabama versus Georgia. We're watching exactly that again, like again, again. All right, let's move on to the last topic. We got to go quick with this. Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley is at USC. Yes, you heard that right. He's at USC. I got a notification on my phone, and I swear I thought he was going to go to LSU. Everything was pointing toward LSU until the press conference at night, and he said, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. And at that moment, I was like, oh, he's staying at Oklahoma. He's got a great recruiting class. See the next morning, he's going to USC. I don't know. 
I understand USC was a flagship program. I just don't I and I understand it's southern it's southern California. The 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 place of Southern California and where it is, where USC is, how it can bring in recruits, how it's such a nice area to live. It's where all the celebrities are. It, it's it's a great campus. I understand why you would want to go there and coach. My thing is, is why leave a comfort, comfortable scenario in Oklahoma and go to USC? Why why leave an area where you're recruiting so well and you're getting these five stars if you don't think you can do something bigger in, in USC? Or albeit if there's a problem in Oklahoma. But he did. He left. Is that USC? I honestly think that USC is going to be getting some recruits. There's already been a couple of recruits set, like five recruits, four and five stars that have decommitted from Oklahoma and are looking like they're going to flip to USC because of Lincoln Riley. That's awesome to that's awesome to see if you're a usc that's not awesome to see for any other school because i think if usc is able to get back to that flagship program that's a dangerous zone for everybody because remember usc from 2005 2006 2007 how good they were and i think lincoln riley being there lincoln riley being there i think that's dangerous for the rest of the pac-12 and the rest of the nation i think the same scenario could be said of miami I've heard there's been rumors of Lane Kiffin going to Miami if Miami fires Manny Diaz. I think if Lane Kiffin went to Miami, that would be dangerous too. Because you don't need a good recruiter at Miami. The place and the the college recruits itself and who Miami is. So I think Lane Kiffin getting in there, I think would be perfect for Miami. I think that would be dangerous. Grant, what are your thoughts on Lincoln Riley? Well, I was looking for a comment. I made earlier today in the in the comment section on the Bleacher Report article <laughs> about this, and it was uh, I can't find it, but basically here's what I said. I think that it's potential that it's there's a potential chance that he was looking at what was going to happen with Oklahoma joining the SEC, and he he did a little contemplating over his time at Oklahoma and realized that ten and two in the Big Twelve. Especially a see a ten and two like this season was for Oklahoma. It's eight and four in equals the SEC. about eight and four or seven and five. Especially because of geographically where he's located, and the teams even if they split up into pods, the conference even if the conference splits up into pods, and you don't have a, if you don't have an East West, you at that point, I think I, the teams he was going to have to face in today's era of win now or forever hold your peace you know when you're looking at coaches like a dan mullen or an ed ogeron who won a national championship were two years removed from that and the man got fired because they had a they had a bad year two bad years but i just think that 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 looking at that i think he could see where his program was at i think they were going to have a hard time competing especially with a fan base that is used to winning championships especially conference championships I think that that translated to, hey, man, USC, great recruiting grounds. They can pay whatever they want to pay. You know, I'm going to go make a lot of money at USC. Southern California. The weather. The situ- I think that he was just like, sign me up. And I think that's we're, – we're having all this talk about Southern Cal – I want to get into the other recruiting thing because this is going to tie into a segment on LSU. 
Florida got Billy Napier. And this is this is coming from as unbiased as I can. But that's dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, but Nick Saban has said multiple times that Billy Napier is the best recruiter that he has ever co- ever had as a coach. He said he is one of the best assistant coaches. Billy Napier was able to get Cam Robinson, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Trevon Diggs to Alabama. He was able to get Taj Boyd for Clemson. He was the youngest offensive coordinator in the Power Five in 2010. He led Louisiana, a bad program, to a 7-7 year, the first guy, made him, got him to the conference championship, got them the three conference championships, was 39-5 the last three years at Louisiana Lafayette. Florida got him in a week. They fired Dan Mullen. I, I believe Scott Strickland, he knew exactly where he wanted to go when he fired Dan Mullen. He knew Billy Napier is my guy. That is the guy that I want to lead this program. They say when he's at Louisiana, he builds his program just like he Nick Saban does at Alabama. The culture, how he runs things, how organized he is, how he recruits, it's just like Alabama. And I think that's dangerous, sending Billy Napier to Florida and having the new facility that Florida's going to have with the recruiting that Billy Napier might be able to do and the way that he's going to build a culture around Florida, I think that's great to see for Florida fans and dangerous to see for I would say for Georgia and Alabama, because now I think you're not going to be able to go into Florida and you're going to be able to steal those recruits. I think Florida, I think recruits are going to want to go to Florida because Billy Napier has ties down there in Florida already. Now, Grant, I want to get your take on this. LSU tried to go for the home run hire in Lincoln Riley. I heard so many people and so many casuals say that LSU was the best job in the country because LSU where where the recruiting's at what's down there at LSU Baton Rouge they was better than Florida it was better than USC not only did they get declined by Lincoln Riley he went to another program and he said no I like that job better and then Florida came in. Louisiana Lafayette is an hour away. Florida got the the hottest coach on the market in Billy Napier, and Florida took him away from LSU. Now, LSU, you're stuck. Who are you going to get? How are you going to approach this? What what coach are you going to get? I'm looking back at this, and I'm saying, you cannot let that happen. You cannot let Florida go in and steal a coach that is an hour away that is the hottest on the market. You cannot... Not, you cannot get rejected by Lincoln Riley. If you get rejected by Lincoln Riley, there's a reason. There's a reason. You're maybe not the you're maybe not the situation that that you should be. And now you're looking at a, a list. Dave Aranda, you've missed your window. You had how long? Five weeks to look for a new coach. You you had Ed Ogeron. He was gone. You, you said this was his last year. You should have been looking. And I knew you were trying to hit the home run higher for Lincoln Riley. But Dave Aranda for, for Baylor, he was your defensive coordinator back when you won a national championship. James Franklin for Penn State. You could have tried to get him. He's had success with Vanderbilt in the SEC. Yes, you heard that right. He had success with Vanderbilt in the SEC. 
Then you look at Billy Napier. You should have looked at him right after you got done with Ed Ogeron. You said, hey, Billy, you want to come come to LSU? You're an hour away. I know you love this, this state. I know you love this area. You have great ties in recruiting. You have to you you have to take initiative when you have the chance, instead of going for maybe that home run hire that that was not a it was not a great chance that you were going to get. I'm sorry, Lincoln Riley. You may have thought you had a good chance, but I I think Lincoln Riley in his heart of hearts was either going to stay at Oklahoma, and now we're looking that he he was in talks with USC since Clay Helton left. So it's been this entire year that Lincoln Riley was going to leave. LSU, you have to reevaluate your situation. As the AD at LSU, you have to reevaluate. Now we have to make a hot list of who we're going to get. Because now I'm thinking that you guys are going to be in a hole. You've already been in a hole for two years, and now I think you're even in a bigger hole with coaching search and who you're looking for. Well, and according, like I'm on Bleacher Report right now, and according to The Athletic, it looks like they're talking to Brian Kelly. I, he ain't leaving Notre Dame, is he? No. Why would you? You've got a good thing going up there. You make I mean, the playoff. I've I've heard this take. Notre Dame's Brian Kelly is taking Notre Dame as far as they're gonna go. Yeah. Notre Dame until will, they get in a conference. Yeah, until they get in a conference. If they go to the ACC, I think that's good. Oh, the ACC wants that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if Notre Dame goes to the ACC, that he can take Notre Dame to uh, where they want yeah. to go. I think if Notre Dame stays independent, that job could be intriguing for Brian Kelly, but I don't think he's gonna leave. No. And it's all these big... Why? Why? You go after Lincoln Riley. You go after... You go after um, now Brian Kelly. These are big names. Why? Look what Florida did. Look what look what Georgia did. Georgia, Georgia got a Saban assistant in Kirby Smart. A Saban pupil. A Saban disciple. And now look. Kirby Smart's building his program. He's built his recruiting just like they've done at Alabama. And Georgia's got the same thing. Billy Napier did that. He he was he was wide receiver coach for Alabama for four years. He was under Dabo Sweeney. He was under um he was under Arizona State's QB coach when they used to be good. You have all these things, and then he became Louisiana's head coach, and he's led them to a 35 and 39 and 5 record in three years with a win against a top 25 team. Where they're recruiting, he can't recruit at the level that he usually can. Was that Iowa State? Iowa State, yeah. yeah. So you're telling me, you're telling me that you're trying to get the big name coaches when you could be going for these smaller name coaches that are culture builders. Dave Aranda at Baylor has built a culture there. Get him. Try and get Billy Napier. Go for these smaller guys that you may not think are they aren't the big hires, but they can get you to where you need to be. Building a culture and building a program of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. What about uh, the guy? I'm blanking on the name. Cincinnati. I mean, he doesn't want to leave. I don't, but think, he's I, I don't leave. think he wants to leave. But you at least that that kind of coach. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So coaches like that that are that are proven that can recruit well. I think Luke Fickle would only leave for one job, and I think that would be Ohio State. But I don't think that ain't happening. That's so, not I mean, happening anytime soon. I was Ryan Day is one of the three or four best coaches mm-hmm. in the country if you ask me so he's i think he's a lot better coach than lincoln riley is i think that both were quote unquote given you know the they were kind of it's, it's almost like if you were a six if you gave the keys to a lambo to your 16 year old and you know obviously that 16 year old now has like okay i got the i got everything going right here 
And I think that Ryan Day is the 16-year-old that's going to take care of that thing, that's going to make sure that it has the right type of gas. It's going to make sure it's still going to run. And it's going to run like really well. Like you were having it. I, um, I don't know that Lincoln Riley is doing the same thing. I think that you know the dad there, Bob Stoops, gave him the keys of the kingdom. I don't think he's done well with it. You know, Urban Meyer gave the keys of the kingdom to, to Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day is doing a lot better with that. And given that fact, Ohio, he's not leaving Ohio State, and he's he's, so, yeah. I think there's one not. there's one hire that not a lot of people are talking about, and it's frustrating me that they don't talk about it. Brent Venables for Clemson, the defensive coordinator, he has built a powerhouse defense down as there. Awful as they have been this year, they've been good on defense. Their defense is has been phenomenal the last five six years when he's been the defensive coordinator there's talks that he might go for the oklahoma job i mean i'd take it if 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 oklahoma goes in and they steal brent venables from ulsu i will scream i will scream because you're an sec program you should get coaches like that and if you don't get brent venables a hot commodity a defensive coordinator and oklahoma steals him I, i i have questions for your athletic department and what your true intentions are there's him, and there may be Mario Cristobal from Oregon, but I don't know. I don't know if you can get him either. I think I well, and you've missed opportunity. Franklin wasn't leaving Penn State because he's that's nope. his dream job. And Dave Aranda's and, not leaving Baylor now because they he got a contract extension as well. And you missed a chance with Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So you've you there are, yeah. You you missed all your chances because you lost you went for the big one with Lincoln Riley you lost Florida came in and stole your guy and you've missed on the you've missed on the B coaches you've missed on Franklin you've missed on Tucker you've missed on uh, you you name the other coaches and now you're mi- in the process of missing on your C level guys the unproven guys Napier went to Florida Venables like you said maybe going to uh Oklahoma to Oklahoma talks what do you, uh, not a good time to be a tiger. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's almost as if you should have kept Coach O. Amen. One last time, go, go, go tigers. tigers, go, go tigers. tigers, go Tigers. At least you guys got that going for me. All right. Well, I think we're gonna stop. We're gonna end the podcast for for the college football breakdown. We're gonna have a preview podcast later on this week. We're actually gonna have a new guest. His name is Trey Woodbury. Grant's not leaving. Grant's still gonna be with us, y'all. Don't worry. I'm but, still here. But, can, you can't have a South Carolina fan on here. Yeah, Trey is a South Carolina yeah. fan. We we got whole <laughs> SEC blood in here. We got Georgia, Florida, South Carolina. So it, it's it's good to see the SEC represented. Hopefully we can get some. Um, you got to quit having guests on here that blow your teams out. Oh, yeah, that's true. 34 to 7 what, and uh, 40 to 17. Continue your conclusion here. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I gotta oh, man, do a he's, little bit of math. He's going, he's going into the math combined score. Um, but yeah, again, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on RSS.com. Go check us out. Give us a follow. You can't really like the podcast, but you can like it by listening to it. If you listen to it for five minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, the entire podcast, I don't care. I'd be happy to get you guys' opinion on it. And Grant. You can leave us with the final score of all the people that I'm, have been on the podcast. I mean, it was like combined eighty to twenty, but oh. something like that. But <laughs> that's 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 comforting to know. Y'all kicked a field goal. So hey, hey, good. we have Billy Napier now, y'all. Billy Napier. That's all I gotta say. Bye, go, y'all. Go Gators. Go Dogs. No, we're not ending the podcast like that. <laughs> <laughs>